Welcome back to the channel today, everyone. So we have a great show planned for you. And I see that there's already uh, quite a few of you in the chat. So welcome in. Um, it's been a couple weeks. Yeah, I was traveling last week. Um, I was in Michigan for my sister's wedding. And then I got back um just as this uh show would normally air so we didn't have a show last week but um we do this week so first things first if you don't already make sure you go subscribe to my rumble channel if you're watching this on youtube go supply su subscribe to rumble.com slash sarah higdon and my first guest or my guest is uh you'll, you'll see why here in a second so if you don't already know my guest today is Marcus Dibbs, a.k.a. The Offensive Tranny. Welcome in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The now banned on YouTube. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> so how uh, how have uh, the last couple... Um, well, first off, why don't you just go into and start talking about what happened, like what you've been dealing with like the last, I guess, 24, 48 hours? Yeah. Um, so yesterday I got an email from YouTube that said um, that my YouTube channel is permanently banned. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was a little bit confused about why that was. Um, and then I sent my appeal, but they, it, they didn't ignore it, but they didn't agree apparently. And that didn't take them long, maybe like an hour or two. So obviously no one is actually looking through all my content. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Same thing happened with Twitter when I was kind of kicked off of there. So you're right. They don't do that. <laughs> right. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get my channel back because I've been working really hard for like years. Um but I'm not expecting anything to this point. Yeah. So now um, I haven't loaded up already. So again, as I said, for me, if you do not already go subscribe to Marcus's YouTube channel or Rumble channel, <laughs> Thank because you. Um, as we start to see this happen, we're going to start to, we, we need alternate platforms. Um, YouTube has kind of been one of those places where, it hasn't really started the band train, but um, it's it's only a matter of time before they really start hammering down. Now, what's interesting is because, I mean, you had gotten your YouTube channel up. So this is what people don't realize. I mean, you, I think we started our YouTube channels around the same time. Um, and you were actually one of my first guests on the show. And mm, yeah, about back in 2020. And so... Um, you know, time. and you were, I know you were, you were really killing it out there. What were you up to? 70 something thousand followers 75. and yeah, yeah just do, making great videos. I mean, you can see on your rumble channel, just great videos um, on Thank all you. the good topics. And it, it's, it's amazing. Um, now I don't have the article. I just, I just submitted the article today. Um, few hours ago so there should be an article published um that i wrote here pretty soon but um you had made a statement um in there and i forget what did you say you you made it on your twitter yeah um about yeah. yeah about how uh youtube had i mean it's it's amazing how they keep they continue to silence trans voices that don't agree and I think that's what, what the whole thing about it was. But like, I looked through some of this stuff. I looked through. Your, I mean, you look through your videos, and it's like, what did they think was hateful? I have I no idea. <laughs> and I don't know if that's like, the reason why they banned me because it says, um, they say that I am. Um, what's it called? Um, violating their rules and policies but they don't explain what what i'm doing wrong and what policies i'm violating so yeah. i'm very confused about the whole thing yeah i it again it's one of those things like they don't actually they, they owe creators who spend time you know on their channel they owe an explanation to tell 
you know, what exactly did, do you do to break these rules? And you've never, I mean, you've never received a, even a strike on your channel, have you? I actually did. And it's, um, it was supposed to expire in June, which is a little bit ironic. Um, and I got a strike. I don't know what I did, but I got two videos removed from my channel. The the one when I I made a video about the Sims update where they made uh, top surgery scars and like um, I, I can't remember the other one. What was the other update in that game with the trans women? Um, I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Shame. I mean, what's that? They made shapewear. I'm not sure what that is, but like shapewear. Oh. Yeah, on the, that was on the Sims game too, right? Or mm. was it on something else? I no, it was. I remember that story, but they didn't. They didn't let you know like what it was. Was it? It wasn't a copyright violation. No. It wasn't anything like that. It was hate. Now, it was. It was considered hateful. I mean, that was like my tweet was saying gender dysphoria is a mental illness. Which, come on. And then they banned. They they Twitter suspended me for that. But I got an apology for that because from Twitter, right? Um, this, I don't, I, yeah, it's, it's hard to say because YouTube does not have a good track record. But I mean, they let some of the worst of stuff on this channel. Like they let the worst stuff on, on YouTube and yet you get just one strike, that one BS strike, and then just ban. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything happen like that before. Me neither. I'm, I still don't believe it, actually. <laughs> now, question, though, because I don't know if and everybody watching might not know, you live in Denmark. Um, in Denmark, right. And so what, what are your laws in regards to, like, hate speech and, and all that stuff? Is it is it... I'm like not trick? sure. <laughs> I'm not sure, but the last time I checked, the U.S. was is way more woke than my country. So, um, yeah. Right but, you know, now, I, I no, I'm, I'm the president of this organization, new anti woke LGBT organization here, and we've been a lot in the media. So that means we have a lot of haters. And I can't help thinking if that's also, it also has something to do with, with me getting banned. But if it's a American department, like, I don't think it's relevant, but it's a little bit weird why they didn't ban me a year ago when my organization didn't exist. So, Well, you weren't making headway. I mean, you, because you've grown quite quickly, which has been awesome to watch. Um but it's like that's that's part of it but you know it's it's interesting because we we always hear them say why don't more trans people speak out about this and the thing is is we do mm. and then we get banned because we don't because we're trans people that are speaking against the narrative that they want to push we're speaking against their ideology right and so i think that's that's i mean it's it's unfortunate and that's why we have to continue to help build um you know platforms like rumble and stuff like that and get them to do um you know good things and i just called a person that i know that works at rumble today so we are uh we're meeting and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna see what we can do there because um youtube is not the future um especially if you're a, a creator that's on the right so um yeah, a lot in the chat, you know, free Marcus. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. And then, no, I, I mean, we're trying to put pressure on YouTube, but I don't know. It's going to be really, it's, it's an uphill fight with some of these, with some of these um, platforms. Like Twitter's pretty, was pretty easy after Elon took over because he said right. we are a free speech platform. And so you can appeal to that where this, I got my, I, I, YouTube I got my TikTok banned. I got my TikTok banned 
or, or like they they took my account and then I <laughs> then I um, I used my trans card and five minutes later I got my TikTok back. Um, so that was a little bit funny. But it didn't that work. Is, that is good. But but you're are you still on? Do you still have a TikTok account? Yeah, I only use it just to watch TikToks. I I don't you know yeah. every time I post it gets uh, yeah removed. The the videos get removed. So I and it's yeah. all haters. Yeah, it's all haters, and I get death threats, and it's it's a mess. <laughs> yeah, my TikTok algorithm is really bad. I don't even go on there to watch videos just for con, but only just for content. And so it's like it's just the worst of the worst on there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but. Now I saw even um, Kelly Cadigan um, got a strike on TikTok today, and I mean that's the thing is she's got to get she's got a lot of followers over there, but her they don't they don't care like no. they will just remove you with a million ten million followers they don't care they they just remove you yeah so it's it's really is and it's going to have to be something and now Elon Musk is also talking about. Um, creating video platform on Twitter and right. So I've applied for subscriptions over there and you know, maybe doing, you know, posting videos under, under the subscription service um, and make it a very cheap subscription service so that you can go in there and possibly just pay for the videos that we're putting out. And maybe that'll help um, a little bit. And really all Elon has to do is flip the switch to put Periscope back up because Periscope, what is, what was when he, that? it was basic. So Periscope was an app that was owned by Twitter and it was basically like YouTube, but it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of ways to make money over on Periscope mm -hmm. that, that, that I knew of. At least I wasn't big enough to really do much, but um, yeah, it was, you could go on there and you would post in Periscope and a lot of times it would host the videos from Periscope and embed it right into a tweet as well. Um, and he, so they got rid of that, I think last year or a year and a half ago. Um, but it's one of those things that when he purchased Twitter, he basically purchased Periscope and all the algorithms to it. So all they really have to do is flip the switch, turn it back on if he wants to, which is, it, it sounds like he said he wants to do something. He wants to, I think Vine was another one that Twitter owned that they, that they shut down too. And so he said that his service is going to kind of be like Vine with, um, with Periscope. So it's kind of going to pull both ends of the spectrum, like reels and stuff like that in there too. So hopeful. I'm hopeful and hope, hopefully we can figure out ways to um, see how that actually gets monetized. I know like a lot of creators are starting to publish full episodes on, on, uh, on Twitter. So, hmm. I mean, but I think, I, I do think that rumble is the way to go right now um, because they already have a good platform set up. Um, my issue with rumble is they just don't have the advertisement right now, but I know that they're working on that. The good thing about Rumble, and this is what I found, I've when I've started doing these live streams, I realized that live streams get a lot more views on Rumble than YouTube. Like my average live stream over here on or on YouTube was like maybe 150, and I get like three to 400 views on a live stream over there. So uh, I, I think they're set up; it's, it's set up pretty good that way. Um, yeah. Even if even if you were just to do that, but. Hopefully yeah. we hear something back though, and we can put enough pressure on YouTube to bring it back. But yeah, we I just, figure something out. Yeah, I won't accept. I won't accept this. Like, I, I need an explanation no. at least, and yeah. they can't give me one because there's no reason to ban me. Um, so that's why I'm not accepting this whole thing. Not because like I'm so mad at YouTube, and. <laughs> I want to boycott it and all those things. But at the same time, like it, it, it's like, I, I want, it should be my choice if I don't want to use YouTube anymore. Um, yeah. So I don't want that choice being made. For me. I think we all kind of want to get off YouTube, but right now it's the best platform we got. And the thing is, is you've spent how many? Four years. Three, four years. No, four years on YouTube building your channel and just for it to just disappear 
Yeah, and it's, it's not just, you know, it's not just been my job and, you know, hobby or whatever. It's like, it's been a huge part of my life. Um, it's yeah. the way that I'm connecting with the U.S. And I don't know, it, it, ugh, I'm just so devastated. Is is that where your audience mostly resided, though, was in the U.S.? Yeah, in English-speaking countries, you know. Yeah. Britain, Australia, okay. I think. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I know. I think the U.S. probably has the largest audience, and so that makes sense. But um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's the way that you connect to people. It's I don't I don't know where we first met. It was either here or Twitter, but we were kind of in the same circles, and yeah, I don't know. Or Instagram. <laughs> but it's yeah. I mean, that's why I was like, it's it's got to be, you know, it's got to be devastating when that happens because like you said now i mean in you had become a full-time it had become your full-time job what six months yeah months ago actually almost nine nine months ago yeah and i actually i quit my full-time job (laughs) i quit my full-time job as a barista a little bit early no way too early on because i you know i i thought if i'm not gonna start now going all in i will never do it so i Mm -hmm. needed the pressure i needed the financial pressure as well and it worked um yeah so now i'm freaking out a little bit (laughs) i don't have a job uh yeah yeah i mean that's that's where i think for me it's been very good because it's it's actually been good that i've been growing so slowly because i didn't just jump into the youtube and then getting banned wouldn't do a ton i mean i'm I have different contracts that I'm doing and stuff like that. So there, in a lot of ways, I'm very uncancelable in that, in that regard, but still, it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that even if it happened to me, then it would still be devastating because it's taken so long just to get to where I am right now. So it's, it's upsetting. Um, on that same, same track though. I mean, did you see this, uh, what's going on in Ireland right now? No. So let me let me show you this. This this is insane to me. Let me see. So let me see. Pop this one. Um, is that the right one? Yeah, it's this one. All right. So this bill in Ireland, there's they have a bill right now that's passed that's on track to pass right now. It's in like their what their like Senate, and it's basically a hate speech bill. Oh. To where they can jail you for up to five years for hate speech. What they deem hate speech. What's hate speech? It doesn't say. <laughs> of course not. But yeah, I wrote this up in Human Events yesterday and I was shocked. And it actually got quite a bit of traction on, on Twitter. Because the worst part about this bill, it's like they treat hate speech like child porn. Because they say, um, in this section, it says um, that basically a person shall be presumed until the contra- until the person acts. So it basically puts the burden of proof on the person that has like this content, and it puts the burden of proof on them until so they can they have to prove that they were they did not they were not going to uh, disseminate hate this hateful conduct that was found on their computers so it's like it prepare so basically they can go onto your computer and it says that they can prepare or possess material that is likely likely to incite violence or hatred against a person or a group of persons on account of their protected characteristics sounds like what you got you got it, it sounds like which is ironic because you um, Google Ar- uh, Google uh, Ar- Ireland is that how you said in English Ireland yeah um, Ireland they, yeah they're the ones paying me so oh the not, oh, Google oh. in Ireland is paying you mm-hmm. that's interesting um, I'm not sure yeah no no but see this thing is I've I heard like Ireland was one of the more like had really good like free speech and stuff like that. Like they've shot like this type of stuff down in the past, but now this just passed their upper chamber and it's and it's, and it's really like, 
just for possession, you can get two years in prison. I, I mean, possession on your computer. And so basically, I, I said this is, it's Orwellian. Like, it, it reminds me of 1984, like, wrong, wrong think type stuff to where they can, like, just get a, just go and see what's on your computer and then, like, arrest you for it. Like, they're always watching what you're doing. And I, I mean, I'm not going to be going to Ireland anytime soon if this passes. I mean, they will probably I have mean, a warrant out for my arrest. Oh, my God. <laughs> but that's what that's what the other thing that it says in the bill is that it's it's hate speech whether you whether you posted it while you were in the country or not so basically anything that they deem hate speech you can if you travel to ireland you will get you'll get you'll get caught up for oh my (laughs) but you're right it sounds like youtube it's so so bad let me see and yeah and so in this they actually um, there was an amendment that was scheduled that would include the UN's Convention on Human Rights Protections on Free Speech within the bill. That amendment was defeated. So they don't even want to use what the UN says is okay, is like protects free speech. <laughs> oh my. Wow. What's happening now? I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I might want to call it CP from now on because. Uh, with, with with YouTube's oh. algorithms and 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 auto flags, I probably <laughs> I probably just trip the algorithm. You know how it works. Yeah, well, that's the good thing about uh, Rumble, like, um, and Twitter, because I just uploaded a, a very short video that was on my YouTube, and there was a certain word that I censored for my YouTube channel, and I just didn't censor it. I, I just, I left the word there when I posted on Twitter. I'm like, oh wait, I can do that. And it's so weird. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing is, um, I've been very bad about self-censoring myself on YouTube. So I'm surprised. Um, I self-censored when I was on Timcast. I made sure mm-hmm. that I didn't, yeah. I, I don't want anybody else, you know, I do a lot when I go onto other channels, but um, I don't want anybody else's channel to get a strike for something I say, except for me and Carrie Smith joke all the time when I'm on her show, like every time I'm on her show, I'm like, well, there's your, there's your strike <laughs> because we talk about like, we talk about like vaccine stuff that would be considered conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And, you know, we've just been very lucky. <laughs> I'm just, I I naturally curse a lot. So yeah, I'm happy that Rumble is, I don't know their, their policies about that, but yeah, I, I don't think they have anything. I don't think, I don't think they censor anything like that, but that's the other thing is like YouTube, the, the thing with Twitter, I think that you can actually go on Twitter. You can say stuff in video, but you can't necessarily tweet it. Because they do have the auto flags on tweets. Well, it's very interesting because before Musk, I I wrote a tweet where I wrote the word tranny in, in it and it got removed on Instagram, but not on Twitter. So that was really weird. But it's also so weird when I get censored, when it's literally my username everywhere on every so- single social media um, website. So... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've all, always experienced Twitter, weirdly enough, being more loose about those rules. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just. Well, they like, have been. No, no, no. They, no. You're right, though. They, they actually have been. Um, I think in the past. Um, because here's what I've even noticed recently is that Twitter has. Since Elon Musk actually took over, I've seen more like 12-hour suspensions and lockouts and stuff like that than in the past. Whereas since he took over, and, and but I've seen a lot less like permanent suspensions. Like mm. so, so it's it's a lot. It's more like it's it seems almost more censor like more censorship is happening, but it's not like getting people permanently suspended unless you do something like absolutely crazy. Um, like I said, I what I said in December, it was a 12-hour lockout. And I wasn't going to delete the tweet either. And then they let me back in. But 
I haven't tried it to see if they've, you know, changed um, their, their, like the algorithm or the auto flags to say that the combination of, you know, mental illness in the same tweet as trans or anything, it's actually anything to do with LGBT. Um, it would, it would get auto flagged. So I don't know if they've actually changed like their flags at all because I haven't said it. I haven't tested it. <laughs> Let, let's but, go. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's, you know, actually, Marcus, you go ahead and just tweet it and then um, we'll just go for the trifecta right now. Actually, no, because then, no, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a, one of somebody else because we don't want you to get like removed from all your platforms. And right. I, even contact you, I wanna you know? have something. <laughs> I want to have something. Well, because then, well, because then we have to contact. We have to figure out. We we need to know that you were actually taken off of the platform, right? So you have to be able to go on like Instagram and send me a message or something. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Someone wrote um, a comment on Twitter. I'll give him a follow when he's banned of all types of social media. I'm like, that's not possible then. <laughs> like, where where are you gonna follow me at at that point? <laughs> Yeah, he didn't thought I was interesting enough because I only got banned on one website. Okay. Well, sorry. Well, <laughs> you know, and I just realized one thing, too. You know, like I said, you and then Kelly on TikTok. It's really odd that Blair White message that gave us all the shout out last week and everybody's starting to get banned off their platforms. All the people that Blair messaged. It's like you and Kelly first, but when are me and Buck coming? <laughs> Wow, yeah. Was that in her live stream? I can't remember. Which I don't think she's posted it to YouTube on her uh but it was on her it was on the podcast. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I she told me she was posting it on my but I haven't seen it. So Oh okay. No, I don't think I've but, that. Yeah. yeah, somebody told me go on her podcast from last week and um yeah, somebody's like, Hey Blair gave you a shout out. I was like, Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> and then she talked okay. I talked to her about it, but yeah. but um next on the docket and this is talking about more trans stuff we got let's see pop this one up here big news actually um the the hairband rockers are finally starting to speak out about trans issues so paul stanley do you know who paul you you gotta know who paul stanley is right not by name um I think he was considered was he was he considered star child in um Kiss? I think that was Paul Stanley. He was the front man for Kiss, right? One of them. So he was one of the yeah. one of the Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking so about the band. band. Yes, the band. <laughs> I just want to be sure. <laughs> okay okay so i i, I thought you were gonna say the band like the band like you didn't know who kiss was so. <laughs> i just want to make sure we're not talking about them yeah <laughs> so um his post yeah yesterday said there is a big difference between teaching acceptance and normalizing and even encouraging participation in a lifestyle that confuses young children into questioning their sexual identification as though some sort of game and then parents in some cases allow it. They are individuals who, who as adults may decide reassignment is their needed choice, but turning this into a game or parents normalizing it as some sort of natural alternative or believing that because a little boy likes playing dress up in his sister's clothes or a girl and her brothers we should lead them we should lead them steps further down a path that's far from innocence of what they are doing with many children who have no real sense of sexuality or sexual experience caught up in the fun of using pronouns and saying what they identify as some adults mistakenly confuse teaching acceptance with normalizing and encouraging a situation that has been a struggle for those who truly affected and have turned into a sad and dangerous fad. It's quite the statement. Wow. Because we, yeah, we don't, Great. we don't see enough. Yeah. We don't see enough people coming out here. And, and again, because so many progressives like to, go after conservatives and say and talk about like the hairband rockers who were like you guys were accepting of this gender nonconformity but it's like there's a huge difference between being gender nonconforming 
and then like telling kids that they can transition, right? Like that's where I think people, and so it's really great to have these people that dressed up in wigs and heels and, and spandex in the eighties coming mm -hmm. out and talking like this. Um, that's amazing. Which was, and that was, it, it didn't even start there because now do you know who D Snyder is? <laughs> No idea. D. Snyder is the lead singer for Twisted Sister. Um, no their, idea. Their song called is uh, one of their songs is "We're Not." It's "We're Not Gonna Take It." That's okay. Just go look it up. You're <laughs> uh, so now the thing about the thing about D. Snyder, I actually he was very progressive when it came to like COVID and stuff like that. He was he he made a lot of splashes for like being very like pro like force vaccines and stuff like that. But now he even jumped into this today and said, you know what? There was a time where I felt pretty too. Glad my parents didn't jump to any rash conclusions. Well said. And because Paul Stanley was getting a lot of hate for what he said. And actually I got, I got banned. I got blocked by ContraPoints for just asking. She, she went after him and I was like, for what? For wanting kids to wait till they're adults to transition, and then I got blocked. So, wow. <laughs> but yeah, D. Snyder. Um, so that's. I mean, that's. It's a pretty big deal when you have a lot of these, um, these old school rockers just coming out and like, okay, yeah, talking sense. Um, it makes sense actually, that they're the ones. Yeah saying this and I, I know i've actually throughout the years been friends with like emo not emos i don't know all the titles but <laughs> you know you know with the dark makeup the dark clothes hair whatever and they're super yeah. fake. goth um, or emo or yeah most of the time they've been the problem yeah. is is it's kind of gone from goth to emo to then there was the scene kids um yeah. and then to now it's basically become trans but the only difference is everybody's like transitioning <laughs> like taking hormones right yeah but in the old days which wasn't that long ago because i'm not that old um they were they were like fine and smart and because they didn't care what people think um so yeah i think it's it only makes sense that someone like that is is writing them yeah like you said i mean these guys i mean I'll, I'll pull up another picture here in a second but so then then what x says i'm a big bowie fan he was the androgynous king he was most definitely a man owned it i love that about him make it androgyny great again this has been the thing is we've always we've been kind of saying for a long time right like and this is why the ideology is so regressive is because they will take a child like they used to be like gnc people are great like we should be accepting people that are gender non-conforming all the time um and now they're like oh wait you're gender non-conforming and you're four years old you know what you're probably trans let's transition you it's insane um, to be honest i never i i don't understand completely the you know gender non-conforming because to me that doesn't sound like a thing either it's like we we are men and women biologically but how are men and women it's like there's no limit so why do we even need something called gender non-conforming do you know what i mean yeah no that's actually a good that's a, that's a good point i never thought about it that way uh because yeah it's like but it is gender non-conforming is that you don't conform to the stereotypes right um, and that's yeah, what I mean, we're talking about the West. I mean, I think that I think gender nonconforming is a term that would make sense in the Middle East or like other places in the world where they're not progressive and, and open. So, well, yeah, that term. I got I got in trouble one one time for saying, oh, what did somebody say? They said something about Jesus would be against this stuff. And I'm like, Jesus wore a dress. What are you talking about? Like, because in <laughs> other parts of the world. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but in other parts of the world like what we would consider a dress here is considered male attire in other mm -hmm. areas so it's not it's it's basically it's based on culture and so yeah you have what are considered tomboys but there's no wrong way to be a boy or a girl and this is what people don't even understand you know i transition but i i mean i don't i don't even feel i'm not like this girly girl 
right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually more more tomboyish than anything, and that's just always been my personality. But like you said, it's you just you do you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you can't. Yeah, you can't be a girl the wrong way. You can't be a boy the wrong way because that's just what you are biologically, and that will never change. So you can't be bad at your biology. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you can't. You're right. Um, and biology is one thing. And this is what everybody's like. Well, if now, what do you what do you actually say when somebody asks you? Well, if being trans is not based on stereotypes, then what is gender dysphoria? Because I have my answer, but I'm I'm curious what you say. Yeah, it's funny because I talked to my boyfriend about this today. Um, I just bought a shower curtain that I I thought it had a neutral color, but now that it's on uh, like in my bathroom. I feel like it's too girly. And then I said, don't judge me, but I feel a little bit dysphoric right now. And then he said, oh my God, that's so irrational. I said, dysphoria is irrational. Look at me. Um, so, <laughs> um, so I would say dysphoria is just really stereotypical. I don't know. I, I think gender dysphoria is really about stereotypes and we can't help yeah. it. So I think there, I think there, there is the aspect of, you know, the stereotypes that you want to be presented to society as the opposite sex, right? Like you want to live and be perceived that way. Um, but I, for me, dysphoria is more about secondary sex characteristics, yeah. right? How, like, if I was to look in the mirror with no clothes on and even if I had a shaved head, like what would I want to see? And it would be about, I don't want to see a beard. I don't want to see, you know, I want to see breast. I want to see like, that's, that's what the gender, the dysphoria is there. And it's really, I think early on Ariel asked me one time, she was like, if you were trapped on a desert Island and naked, would you still have dysphoria? And the answer was always yes. Of course. So. Yeah. <laughs> And also and so I think that's the where internet you, you would still have it. <laughs> well, actually, somebody so, um who is it? Um Isabella Maria De, De Luca, I think, said something about this yesterday. She posted a video on Twitter and she said, like, what what she's she was answering people that always ask her, what if your kid was trans, right? And she said she was like, My kid wouldn't be trans because I would take their phone, I would take the internet, I would take all this stuff away, right? And I, I mean, I follow her and she follows me and, and I commented, I said, "You're to an extent, I agree, your kid would not be trans because I don't think that kids can be trans because the act of being trans is to actually transition mm. medically. Um, and I don't think kids should be allowed to do that, you know, but your kid could have dysphoria. I said, I grew up in the nineties without the internet, without all this stuff. And I know I had dysphoria. I knew something was different. I knew that I wanted, I, I, I you know, wanted to be a girl and not, um, you know, the boy that I was growing up as. And so, and she actually responded to that and said, Oh, well, I agree. She actually agreed with what I said. So, um, there is a big difference between, you know, using the term trans and using, I always, I'm very careful with my words. I always use the word dysphoric children because right. to say trans is very different. Yeah. So I, I actually. Oh, I go just ahead. want to say, I go as far to say children with symptoms of gender dysphoria because like gender dysphoria to me, and this is, you know, maybe me being a nerd, but it's, it's chronic. And and yeah. kids, you don't know if kids have a chronic dis, uh, disorder, so so yeah. But you know, it's it's complicated. But yeah, you can't be trans as a kid, especially not a nowadays point, yeah. with all the yeah. social. That's disease. actually a really good point because I mean I think um, I'm very very meticulous with the words I use, like usually. Um, so yeah, but that's actually a good point because. Gender dysphoria would be diagnosed with a persistence of, I guess, incongruence is what they say, of uh, uncomfortability with your biological sex. Or, yeah, I guess that with your secondary sex characteristics that you were born as. Um, but it's interesting. So actually, so I was, so this show is a little bit about me promoting a lot of my stuff as well that I've been doing for the weeks. So. <laughs> But um, I didn't write this article for The Blaze because I don't work for The Blaze. But um, 
this was actually about this and i was michelle asked me for a quote yesterday so i said about the paul stanley coming out let me see where is my quote here we go um, I just said all too often, I, I told her, I said, all, all too often we see celebrities keep quiet on these topics for fear of being called a bigot. But there is nothing bigoted about wanting kids to be kids and waiting until adulthood before making permanent decisions about their lives. Adults can do what they want, but there is, an, there, but there is no need to medicalize children when we know 80 88% end up growing out of their dysphoria by the age of 20. I said, he's right. Accepting and promotion are two different things, which um, it makes sense. Like what we can talk about kids. Like, did you see that study, the frontier study that came out? I guess it came out in 2016, but it was back in the news this week, but it said 88%. Yeah. Oh, wait, sorry. No, no. So that, that study had said that 88% of kids grew out of it by the so they started a lot of these kids the mean age of the start was age of seven they started them in 89 at, at the age of seven and then the mean age when they followed up was the age of 20 and by that time 88 percent of them had grown out of it and that's the longest i mean it was only 180 something participants but it's the longest and the largest study so I, when i posted that people were like oh 180 participants i'm like it's still the largest study, which actually t goes into how just understudied this is because the med the industry will completely shut down any conversation. They don't even want to do these studies because they're afraid of how they, um, they're, they're afraid of how they're going to, you know, how, what the results will be and it, the results will actually go against them. I think that's what they're, they're doing. Yeah. Um, crazy. Let me see. But we also need to understand um, what does it mean to accept these children, because giving them puberty blockers and surgeries is not about accepting. It's not acceptance. It's actually, yeah, it, it's not good. It's no. not good, and it's not ethical to do that to children who cannot consent. So, like. No we should really have a talk about what what's accepting because they really steal those words and they they i just sometimes i just hate these terms authentic accepting and you know they made it really woke no no you're absolutely right um and they don't want to hear the harmful side effects um i remember abigail schreier had an article with um with marcy bowers as well as uh erica anderson and Marcy Bowers is the president of WPATH now. And in the article, she said she's not a fan of puberty blockers. And this was before the video came out of her saying that 100% of the time, a child that's blocked um, is never able to orgasm as an adult. And so she knows as a surgeon, and the whole article was about how they expect surgeons to be miracle workers on this stuff because... I, I think I, I actually posted a, my last video I posted last Thursday was about uh, Mia Ashton's article that she had wrote from a child who was part of the Dutch study who died from complications from a vaginoplasty. And it's like the only reason why this, this person had to have the skin graft from the colon, which made it and make it a much more risky surgery is because they didn't have enough tissue growth because they put them on puberty blockers. And yeah. this, and that study was basically hidden. Like I said, it was put, it was, that happened in 2016 and we're just now talking about it now. And, yeah, so, and I, I've been in this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go ahead. It, I, I made a mistake when I talked about it on my channel. Um, I forgot to say that it was in 2016, but it's like, I've ne I haven't heard about this before before no. now or a couple of days ago like why why is and this that? is the thing and that's the thing is i've done a lot of research so i mean i came out in 2014 um and then i got out of the army in 2017 and that's really when i started to kind of explore and do all that stuff and try to figure out who i was and didn't decide to transition until 2019 but i took all that time i'm i'm 
very meticulous like that and did all my research. I, and then I had, you know, I've, I've had, um, I've had bottom surgery and I'm like, I've done all my research and all that research. I know who the bad doctors are. I know who should have their license taken away. And I know all that stuff, but I did never, I never heard that story. That's and crazy. so th with the amount of research that I've done, I can't believe I've never come across that. But actually, this is a good question for you as well. So um, Thin White asks, asks me, how do you feel about the Blaze referring to you as a trans activist? Technically, it's true, but I, I kind of feel it gives the wrong impression. Maybe that's just me. For me, I've kind of, uh, I've kind of accepted the label um, as trans activist because, yes, it's technically true. Um, and so I'm okay with it. I, I actually use it for myself now because I am an activist. Um, I used to think that the term activist would give the wrong connotations. It's always kind of placed in a negative light. Um, but no, I, I'm an activist against children transitioning. So I'm okay with it. What about you? Um, I don't, How do you feel I don't about like that? It. I don't like <laughs> it in the, in the American debate. I don't like it. But I mean, no, I don't like it no matter what. Because, um, well, back home here, I, you know, I call myself the president of Danish Rainbow Council, um, but we are working with politicians. We're actually now, uh, we work together with a politi political party to pass a bill that bans medical transitions for kids. And um, don't expect anything. <laughs> We're really- No? Yeah, no, it's not gonna happen, but it's an honor that it's, um, that all the politicians are about to vote and, you know, and all the parties gathering but uh i i just i don't like the term activist and i also talked to some people about back home about um protesting and then i talked to my friends about it and then i said i don't like i don't like the the feeling of standing outside with signs and protesting i want to work with the politicians not against them yeah so so but but I, I i know you agree like we we, we would rather yeah. work with the people to get things done and we want the change but we don't want to be angry and what we associate with an activist yeah i think i mean you're absolutely right because i'm I'm not a person that likes to actually go to like protests and stuff like that either i think me and you both are very just calm rational people and like to have rational conversations with people um and so i just i'm not one of these people that wants to go out there and you know scream and yell and stand on the side i want like you said i want to go actually have conversations i did the exact same thing um when it came to the bill we, we just passed in georgia um i take a lot of credit for getting that one passed because i was I, I mean, I was basically a lobbyist. People, that's that word's got a bad connotation to it too. But it's true. I mean, I'm 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 a lobbyist for a lot of these bills here as well. Um, but the, I I prefer the word advocate. I mm -hmm. advocate for children's safety, um, and I'm an activist against the transitioning of minors. I guess you know. Um, and actually, I have two. I have um, a few bills. Um, in Louisiana that we're working on right now too, hope, hoping to get those passed as well. So, but yeah, you're right. I would rather just go, I would rather go and have sit down conversations with politicians and I've, it's, it's great. But at the end of the day, we're all kind of activists out yeah. here. It's just, it's just, it's just a term that has negative connotations to it, I think. Yeah. And I call myself a trans educator because, and that's why I'm so devastated about being banned on YouTube because, you know, I, I'm grateful that I have other options such as Rumble. There are locals, um, Bitchu. Yeah. Um, but with YouTube, I was an educator. I talked to the mainstream. Yeah. I talked to people who don't know anything about all this. But if I go on Rumble yeah. and other websites, I'm talking to people who already agree with me. And yep. I got to get used to that because that was not my intentions when I started. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. I think that's where a lot of people mistake what we're doing um, for activism too. It is, be you're, you're absolutely right. We are resource. We are a resource and we are a body of knowledge that's that's fighting this, uh, fighting this fight. Um, when I go to events, I say the exact same thing. I tell all the parents at these events because that's the problem is 
you know, what is it? I think I read 70 million Americans have a Twitter account. There's 70 million Twitter oh. accounts registered in the U.S. There's 340 million people in the U.S. It's only like 25%, not even 25% of the population is getting information from, from Twitter. So when you really think about that, the vast majority of the population is very in the dark on this. And so they're easily swayable. And so that's one of the reasons why getting out and actually doing events and stuff like that mm-hmm. is so beneficial because I get in front of these parents and try to be a resource. And that's what I always tell them. I'm like, I am your resource, but they're the ones that have to do a lot of the groundwork because we can't be everywhere at the same time. And so we give them the resources that they need, but we, it is, you have to speak facts and you have to, um, you have to, like you said, educate. And I think that's part of it too. And, and what we also are in a unique position because not only are we educating the we we do have to educate the right a lot because yeah. what they are seeing and I, I wrote an op-ed about this they're seeing the the trans rights activists on the other side which are mostly not trans and they're 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 you know they they think that we are all like them and so we have to be out there and show them that we're not but like you said you're reaching the masses on YouTube that's the problem is YouTube is such a large platform and I think that what we do very well is we are able to reach people that I, I always like to say there's people in the middle who are reachable. And this is why I don't like to misgender people. This is why I'm very, you know, cautious about words that I say, like Dylan Mulvaney, I'll, I'll use, I'll use Dylan's first name instead of, you know, using pronouns because I just don't like Dylan. Um, but part of that is because, like I said, there's people in the middle that we can reach and we can bring them to our way of thinking um, because I, the activists are just, they're a very far section and especially the transsexuals. And I mean, if you've not, if you notice this, there's been a lot of transsexuals coming out on Twitter to our side. Like they've been just popping up everywhere. It seems like, so it's good to see. I mean, there's a lot of people that are finally starting to speak out against it. And it's not just us standing on an Island, you know, doing it ourselves. <laughs> and so that's really what I think what our mission is. And you can only do that if you're where they are. Like you may say something on, on, on YouTube, somebody clicks on your video, like thinking they're going to disagree with you. And you go in there and they, you're speaking sense or you, you know, you're not this caricature that the left has created of you. And it brings people over, makes people want to listen more. So that's why I think that it is a very, it's, it's a loss to, to, to lose you on YouTube. But, like you said you're gonna have to get we're gonna have to get used to how we can still push these narratives and i think like i said i think even if 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 it's on because the left isn't leaving i mean progressives are not leaving twitter and so if videos can be on twitter that that'll be the next best route um but i think that rumble is going to become the a, a bigger player in the game if youtube keeps doing what they're doing yeah, but I mean, like, I, I've i stopped to, to view this whole uh, fight as a left and left and right fight. I, I don't think that this debate has, or this topic has anything to do with being a right wing person or a left wing person. And that's what I loved about YouTube. And um, because it's supposedly for everyone. And I just feel like, especially BitChute, I haven't been on there for years but i was there in the beginning when i was friends with a right winger who i'm not friends with anymore and that's a that's a right wing space i'm sorry maybe it's changed but that's a right wing space i don't want to be on there because i'm not like maybe personally i vote right but that's not relevant Mm -hmm. in any way no again that's what i loved about youtube it wasn't relevant yeah or i made it not relevant um but that's hard yeah. if i use other medias you know yeah yeah i absolutely agree it's it's rough um let's see so next we'll go to this this kid is great so this just happened i guess it happened a couple weeks ago but it's finally started to make the rounds um so this kid, I don't know. he was sent home from school 
Um, I'll just, you can hear what he says. It's two minutes, so. I'm the seventh, 10th grade at Nichols Middle School. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you today. I never thought that the shirt I wore to school on March 21st would lead me to speak with you today. On that Tuesday morning, I was taken out of gym class to sit down with two adults for what turned out to be a very uncomfortable talk. I was told that people were complaining about the words on my shirt, that my shirt was making some students feel unsafe. Yes, words on a shirt made people feel unsafe. They told me that I wasn't in trouble, but it sure felt like I was. I told, I was told that I would need to remove my shirt before I could return to class. When I nicely told them that I didn't want to do that, they called my father. <laughs> Thankfully, my dad supported my, my decisions and came to pick me up. What did my shirt say? Five simple words. There are only two genders. Nothing harmful, nothing threatening. Just a statement I believe to be a fact. I have been told that my shirt was targeting a protected class. Who is this protected class? Are their feelings more important than my rights? I don't complain when I see pride flags and diversity posters hung oh throughout the school. Do you know why? Because others have a right to their beliefs just as I do. Not one person, staff, or student told me that they were bothered by what I was wearing. Actually, just the opposite. Several kids told me that they supported my actions and that they wanted one too. I experienced... Wait, no. I was told that the shirt was a disruption in learning. No one got up and stormed out of class. No one burst into tears. I'm sure I would have noticed if they had. I experience disruptions to my learning every day. Kids acting out in class are a disruption, yet nothing is done. Why do the rules apply to one, yet not another? I feel like these adults were telling me that it wasn't okay for me to have an opposing view. Their arguments were weak, in my opinion. I didn't go to school that day to hurt feelings or cause trouble. I have learned a lot from this experience. I learned that a lot of other students share my view. I learned that adults don't always do the right thing or make the right decisions. I know that I have a right to wear those five, a shirt with those five words. Even at 12 years old, I have my own political opinions, and I have a right to express those opinions. Even at school, this right is called the First Amendment to the Constitution. My hope in being here tonight is to bring the school committee's attention to this issue. I hope that you will speak up for the rest of us so we can express ourselves without being pulled out of class. Next time, it may not only be me. There might be more students that decide to speak out. Thank you for your time and good night. Wow. That's, I did not expect that. <laughs> I got yeah, really I, I, I love, that, that kid was great. I mean, obviously I think he had some help with his speech, but honestly, <laughs> bravo. Like get up in front of there and speak your truth, but your truth. <laughs> the, truth. Speaking, the, the truth. Yeah. There's yeah. only the truth. And he was, I speaking, mean, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of kids being political because that's not a that's not possible. Kids cannot be politicians. They have, as you said, someone wrote his speech. His parents said those things, and then he said, "Oh, I agree with them." But, but like, that's so brave. That's so brave, and it's so relevant. And I, I know yeah. I, um, the vice president of my organization, he's a school teacher. And he's like, the kids are like that. The kids, they follow Andrew Tate now, and they they don't want all this progressive bull. Yeah. You know, it's, they, they, they're so tired of it all. So I don't like kids being used in politics, but at the same time, I feel like he's sincere. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it... <sighs> I agree. I, I, I fully agree with that statement. It's, it, it wasn't, I mean, it was, I, I think this was the best part is who is this protected class and are their feelings more important than my rights? Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was great. I mean, um, yeah, I wrote that up yesterday. See, I just, I just shill everything I, I'm doing. <laughs> See, <Why not? laughs> it's my YouTube channel. I can do it. <laughs> Someone said if, if you're going to get banned because you have me on. No, it shouldn't. I mean, um, if you think about it, um, I mean, when they had a lot of shows, like even Tim Cass and stuff like that, they'll have like um, Alex Jones and they'll have Nick Fuentes and stuff like that. Other yeah. people that are banned for much worse than what you've done, um, they'll have, um, yeah, they'll have them on and, and they won't 
you know, ban them for, for saying what, what they said. So yeah, it's, it's insane. Um, well, shoot, we are up on the hour. So that was good. Um, let's see. This one, this is a good question. I want to put this up here. Um, so Wargamer asks, is the culture war right afraid of platforming trans success stories since it would cast out in their narrative? I don't think so. Um, honestly, the right is the only one who likes to platform us. So, and, and I've, I mean, I, I don't, you've done quite a bit, but I mean, I've been on Newsmax. I write for the post-millennial, which is more which has a lot of different, I mean, the, the post-millennial and human events has a lot of different viewpoints, but like Jack Basobic is a senior editor at, at human events. Um, and Charlie Kirk, I think is a senior um, contributor. And so there's a lot of different viewpoints, even at that organization. So I, I don't think so. I mean, I think they're very open to promoting people like us. I mean, Blair gets promoted everywhere, you know, and she that's she's even said the same thing. Like the only people that will promote, you know, us is the right. Actually, Buck Angel is another perfect example. He's like everywhere, and, and everybody's he's, like, he's not even conservative. No, he is. He 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 says he's liberal, right? He's he says I'm, I'm, yeah. And so, but it's only. He, he, I mean, he's been on a lot of like right wing, right leaning channels, and well, because they're been... the only ones that platform us. Yeah, speaking of Charlie, Charlie Kirk, you know, not everyone on the right loves him, but um, yeah, he, yeah, it's it's like when we get invited to stuff, it's mostly from center or center right uh, people. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, I met um, I met Seth Dillon last week. Um, he was here in Atlanta. I was volunteering at an event that he was speaking at, and I thanked him because he helped me get my Twitter account back. He actually made a, a tweet, and then he started following me after the event. And I'm sorry, um, we, Seth Dillon, the CEO oh. of the Babylon Bee. Yeah. Um, and so, and then we chatted a little bit um, at the event. Um, he seemed to know who I was, and then afterwards, he started we. I commented and so he knew who now he knows who I was at least. And uh then he yeah, he sent me a message and just to thank me for, you know, let's you know, good conversation. So it's I mean, opening those doors with people on the right. Um Jordan Peterson just started following me this week. So that's awesome. I I think yeah, I think that they're open to a lot of the discussions. Um, but I think where we get into and actually it's right-wing organizations are the ones that generally plat like bring me around the country to speak with detransitioners and stuff like that because i guess they're nonpartisan organizations usually um but yeah i mean that's that's the thing is they platform us quite a bit um and they fall they they they're the only ones that do so and i mean look at we'll see We'll see what happens, but we just gotta show up, <laughs> no matter. Exactly. Well, that is that is what it is. We have to we have to be willing to have the conversations with people that we disagree with, and I think that's that's the key to kind of gaining acceptance. Because, and I think we've done a pretty good job, or we're starting to finally do a good job of showing that um, again, these activists don't represent us like we don't we have to call out you know the stuff when we see it like i i mean a lot of the the radical feminists don't like me and like i did a video about kelly j keen and stuff like that and you know what she probably doesn't like me very much and i don't care but she has a right to speak she, what she's gone through is not okay and we need to call that out and thankfully and, and actually that op-ed i wrote for human events a couple weeks ago i'm glad libby libby reached out to me because when I said it on Twitter, she she agreed. She said it was like the uh, the BLM protest that was all white people, you know, in New York. <laughs> because that's what that's what we're seeing. Um, and so yeah, yeah, we need to get out. We need to speak out. We need to be heard. And so, um, but with that, uh, we'll, we're gonna we'll start wrapping up here. Um, so, where can people now find you? 
Uh, I don't know. No. Um, so um, <laughs> on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Rumble. Yes, I think that's it. As the offensive tranny, or just Marcus. G. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say your your Twitter account is you have an underscore, right? Marcus Deep. Yeah, that's my name. Yeah. Okay. I and I'm, I'm gonna have to go back in and add, I'll add your links to the to the description oh, here. But um, yeah, thanks for joining me. This was this was good, and um, we gotta we gotta do this more often. We need to get you back here to the states. That's what we need to do. Yes. Actually, I'm I going. Get... I'm going on Sunday. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah, I'm traveling <laughs> to California for just 10 days. So, yeah, I'm going to be in, in California for a little bit. That's California is the other side of the country is Georgia. Okay, I'm just telling you. <laughs> I, I've been there before. I, I love it. I love it. So. I know. I know you did You did like your, 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 your countrywide tour last year, right? And right. Yeah, I am excited for the for the weather. I, I I think the most, and seeing my friends. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So thanks. Uh, thanks for for joining me, um, and everybody else in the comments. Thank you for uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, you know, click that like and subscribe button. Follow across all social media platforms, especially go to Rumble and subscribe on there. I know I've been telling you that for two weeks and we're going to advocate it, especially with Marcus on today. Go to Rumble and support us there. Um, we need to build that platform bigger. And I will see you guys next time. Bye. Mm -hmm.